This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by the long-standing 14th century cultural feud between Korea and Japan. And that's no laughing matter. What was that? That was a brand new intro. Brand new intro. God, that thing slaps. Yeah. And it just so happens that we have the culprit responsible for that here in studio right now. More about that in just one minute. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, your panel of expert hosts each week. Our Dr. Bruce Henson, who holds a PhD in spookology, and yours tr- truly, Professor David Day. I'm the foremost expert in scare meow meows. Okay, guys, big episode today. Very excited. We're going to be covering The Wailing, 2016's Korean uh, film that I've just heard so much about from so many people. And uh, it just so happens that our guest today, Mr. Fart Simpson, recommended this Mm -hmm. to us. Say hello, Fart. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, oh wait! I'm sorry. Go hey. now. Oh. Say hi. Hey, it goes at you too. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Fart Simpson, you just you just look him up. Just look him up. He is a he's been on a trillion big podcast. Is that an accurate number? One trillion? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Okay, and uh, and he's kind of a big deal, and he lives right here in our neck of the woods, and he's just been so kind to us and thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show and making that amazing intro Mm -hmm. absolutely my pleasure we really appreciate it and also for recommending this movie oh yeah so if you guys want to check us out go ahead do so at our website that's horrormovietalk.com from there we have links to all the things we just got off of not 12 hours ago doing our second live show the burbs at the kiggins in downtown Vancouver. Nice. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, sorry. More appropriate. There you go. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Second live show. We had a, a even better turnout than the first one with The Exorcist. Um, so we're going to keep that train rolling down those tracks um, and tell you guys to show up for our our live show screening of The Fly. That's on May 27th. That's the Kiggins Cult of Horror, where, you know, we induct you into a cult and we make you um, drink all kinds of interesting electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sexual favors as well. That's a prerequisite. Is that OG or Chef Goldblum version? Chef Goldblum. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe. Leave us a rating, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you'd like to get a hold of the show, hear yourself on the show, go ahead and call us at 682 682- Two five three four four six eight. We'll start out this episode by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. Scoring a scale of one to ten, y'all know what that's about. 
After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in this episode, we will be playing your voicemails in a little bit called Horror Movie Whores. Yeah, I got to catch up. Whores. We're stacking up yeah, those we got voicemails. Thick, ropey loads of voicemails. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, we watched The Wailing on Shudder.com. Enter code HMT at checkout. That'll get you 30 free days of Shudder over there. And we found out just how badly a well-meaning dad can fuck up his entire family. A lesson that I unfortunately learned long ago. <laughs> I would normally play the trailer here, but none of you would understand it because, well, I know our demographics and none of you are listening from Korea. <laughs> yeah, I checked on I checked on our stats right before. There's zero listens from Korea. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. For, you know, you may be hearing a lot of unique and interesting drops. That's because um, we have a professional in the studio today. Yeah. So I don't know about a professional, <laughs> but I try. <laughs> so the synopsis for the whaling is OK. Now, bear with me here. I'm not I'm not fluent in Korean. This may shock you to mm. find out, but I may slaughter these names. Um, so here we go. Jong Gu, mm -hmm. played, played by Quack Du Wan, <laughs> is a local policeman and caring father to Hyo Jin, <laughs> played by Huan He Kim, the precocious young daughter. That, that is one thing that, like, in the subtitles, it says the names, and then when they're saying them, it sounds absolutely nothing. Because oh it's like Hyo Jin, you did it. Like, okay, what? Yeah, uh, I'm just get reversed too. If you notice, like, um, if he's just saying the name, it's easy to hear it. But when the, he's attaching her name and then a sentence follows it, the order gets switched. Huh. So it's not exactly how we would lay out a sentence. I noticed that. So we got a father, uh, John Gu, and his daughter, Hyo Jin, um, and a stranger enters their village and immediately things start to go awry. Families are found horrifically murdered and people in the village seem to be changing for the worse, mostly. Uh, a Japanese man who lives in the forest is fingered as the culprit. <laughs> but what is really going? What is really going? What is really going on? As Hyojin gets sick, uh, Father Jong Gu takes it on himself to solve the mystery surrounding what exactly is happening to their village. And uh, if I were to say more in the synopsis, I'd be giving some away. Uh, my review for The Wailing is that it was directed and written by Na Hong Jin, and many have called it one of the most impressive horror movies of the last 20 years. Uh, I would call The Wailing kind of the Indiana Jones of horror movies. It's constantly throwing new stuff your way, and it's hard to know what's around the next bend, but you can bet it will be exciting, terrifying, or totally shocking. You know, there's one thing consistent with you, David, is that your analogies I know you, you either, are, are you, always so bizarre to me. Yeah, like, I know. I, you, I never see the through line. Like, I would love to step in your brain and, like, see, like, yes, this... It's the same thing. I would love it's, that, too. <laughs> Finally, not alone. It's Indiana Jones. Like, I would not in a million years attach those things. Okay, well, yeah, bear with me here. So, you know how, like, Temple of Doom is kind of just like a roller coaster ride? It's just like, oh, it's just throwing stuff uh -huh. at you over and over and over. Right. This is like 
the horror movie version of that. They're just throwing stuff, throwing it at you. And then you come around a corner and you don't expect the next thing to happen, but it does. And it's just the pace never lets up. Hmm. I guess it's a pacing thing that I'm referring to mostly. It's just like this balls to the wall kind of. Well, that's a ringing endorsement from David because this is a two and a half hour long movie. And I would have thought your first criticism would be way too long. Well, I mean, it is too long, but I don't know how long it takes to say things in Korean, you know, so that <laughs> could be that could be a, it could be a cultural thing, you know, <laughs> um, more than that. It's an engaging labyrinth of a story that answers questions only to reveal more questions. Uh, those who want an ending, um, to those who want an ending that you can easily understand may want to steer clear of the whaling. Oh, we have a call coming in. <laughs> is this a live call? Is this a caller? Hello. This is Batman. Okay. Anyway, um, those who want to understand exactly what's going on in the movie that they're watching might want to steer clear of the wailing, but to be honest, it's pretty fun uh, to guess at what it all means. Personally, this movie has been hyped uh, for so long to me by so many uh, that I came away a little bit underwhelmed. Don't get me wrong, it's a fine movie, and that's pretty interesting, and it definitely kept me on the edge of my seat. I just expected something so much more scary than this due to everyone's reaction to it. There's just no way that it could possibly deliver, you know, when something just gets hyped for so long. Hmm? There's also something of a cultural rift that I feel in The Wailing more so than in other foreign films. I felt like there was kind of tons of subtext and meaning that I was missing due to my inherent Western upbringing. I'm curious to know, what made you recommend this movie to us, Fart? Tell us, tell us about your experience with The Wailing. I saw it probably... Uh, six months after it was released, um, I'm a big fan of the possession esque. I love the old school ritualistic <laughs> stuff they kind of kept in the film. Really, for me, it was. Um, I'm very. You're going to get annoyed with me because I'm very cliche with my movies. Mm. I'm big into character development. I'm big into uh, giving a shit about the lead and all that stuff. Mm. So, welcome to your best friend. Yeah, I know. Hansen. I've listened, and um, that movie checked all the boxes for me. You really do give a shit about the lead, the daughter, mm -hmm. um, the storytelling, and the whole jumping around. Uh, that's just very kind of just Korean esque horror films. I've been getting more and more into uh, just Korean cinema, and uh, that movie stuck out as one. That was, they really nailed it I, to a degree, you know, but I, I do agree two and a half hours is a stretch. Uh, you know, I, do, I don't even think that the two and a half hours really factors into it that much for me. This It, it earns the two and a half hours pretty handily. So, you know, if you have a two and a half hour movie where for the last... 45 minutes I'm I'm like why why are we doing this that's one thing but if you can justify it with a bunch of cool shit throughout your movie and and it doesn't feel like crazy crazy long fine and in this one I didn't I was not offended by the runtime mm -hmm. and yeah it does all the things that you say it does it's it, it you care about the characters you get real worried for that little girl I gave this an 8 out of 10 um, just FYI. So that, and just moving forward, that's, that's, I, for me, it's not maybe the best film. I wouldn't, I don't know that, 
I'd probably watch it again in a couple years, but what, what do you think about this one, Bray? Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, I mean, I'll admit I had to I had to watch it in a couple sittings just because I needed to you know go to Kiggins. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's really engaging. Like it's it's very entertaining and and really funny. There's a lot of funny parts in it. Yeah, that um, was a, I love that. Um, so I was kind of taken off off guard by it. I didn't expect it to be as funny as no, it dude. Was. Right. That's what makes them great. Yeah, great storytellers. They know how to tell yeah. good jokes and dialogue. Yeah, real, real kind of schlubby uh, protagonist that's yeah. that's kind of uh, lovable, um, and yeah, it's really interesting. I think I think part of the reason why the the runtime didn't seem too long is that they really paced it well with putting a lot of interesting stuff in the last like forty minutes, and the first you know hour and 50 minutes was pretty engaging in terms of just like the the uh you know procedural crime procedural kind of storyline no yeah and then it it twists into some really interesting supernatural territory and there's enough ambiguity and ambiguity ambiguity um until the end that it's really like you're trying to figure out what's going on Uh uh-huh and it's like what uh so it's it's really um, I don't think I've seen a movie like it, especially with like the possession or demon, you know, style. And I think that's um, probably partly from how demons or spirits are treated in in that culture, where it's like just kind of different. What's that supposed from to mean? Us. Um, What's that supposed to mean? What are you, what are you talking about in that culture? <laughs> in the Korean culture. Oh. You uh, thought, I just thought you were slandering Jong Gu. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked. It. I I I match your score of eight out of ten. I I think it's definitely worth watching and and on the the short list of Korean uh, horror movies to watch. Now, don't let our score affect your score. I don't know if that's something that you do, but some people do that. Some people no, are like I no, feel guilty not. now and I don't want to score it as high. What do you think, Fart? So. You have to understand a big component for me as well in the film is the music is fucking terrifying at times. When I say that, I mean like this. If you listen to the the music they did in the background, that shit is terrifying. Yeah. That in its own right, if you just close your eyes and listen to it and that whole seance ritual thing that went down, um, it's visually terrifying. But then you just listen to the audio and what's going on and it's so perfectly done and just not too cartoony yeah which it's funny because at moments i feel like the banter between the two if you close your eyes and you hear like uh when they're fighting with the zombie uh it's very three stooges-esque it's like bonk this and and they're running it's like if you close your eyes and listen it does it feels a little three stoogesy so i think the 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 guy who made it definitely loves that scary a little bit of comedy in it too but he didn't like you said he didn't he didn't go overboard with the comedy but um okay so my my score has got to be a little bit higher because i recommended it but also uh because i watched it for a second time and i was able to not only that watch the uncut um alternate ending and then i got to pay attention to all the little easter eggs the second time around that were in there so i gotta give it uh a nine out of ten i do bags of popcorn because i do the dfa um movie Uh ranking Mm -hmm. if you know greg turkington he's very Uh uh he's good with his popcorn rating so i'm going 
nine bags nice. of popcorn. Nine bags of popcorn. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this. There were moments in this movie that will stick with me, you know, like uh, like Jack busting down the door in in the the uh, in the hotel in The Shining. You know, like it's there are mo- like that ritual moment where the, you have the two yeah. warring rituals. <sighs> yeah, that was that was a highlight. Oh yeah, you had that, and then the other guy just doing that and cutting back and forth between the two. But we'll get there, and I'll explain. I don't know if you dudes picked up what really was going on because they want you to think it's a yeah. I, I was going to ask you what what the uh, what was actually going on with that. Okay, we'll, we'll get yeah, into we'll, yeah, get, we'll into get into it, it. in spoilers. I will say that uh, Asian cultures, the uh, a few of them are spot on, fucking just killers when it comes to creepy fucking music like have you heard kachak oh, oh no. my god it's just the creepiest shit you've ever heard in your life kachak it's, yeah it's uh i think it's like uh indonesian maybe it could be um yeah or malaysian it, yeah it's that's interesting it's still it still has asian in the title so hey entering joe joe rogan <laughs> Um, pops in. Let me, let me look up some kachak. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get that for the spoilers. In the meantime, you guys should check out nightchannels.com, baby. You need clothes. I know you. <laughs> you need to venture out of the house at least once this month. And for that, you're going to need some clothes. And if you don't want to be dressed in stupid old boring clothes, you should head on over to nightchannels.com and... Uh, check out their catalog of stuff because they have some of the coolest cult, horror, metal, alternative, uh, satanic, yada, yada, yada shirts and sweatshirts that you've ever seen. And these are deep cut prints that uh, they'll just make your day. They'll get they're like an earworm for your eyes. They're like an eye worm. So if you want some eye worms, head on over to nightchannels.com. And when you fill up your cart at checkout, you enter that code HMT. And that'll get you 13% off your whole order. So, you know, just put a couple things in there and walk away knowing you've made a good decision because you're going to get comments on the shirt. You're going to get comments on the Akira shirt. That's amazing. It is. It's certifiably amazing. My mom agrees. (laughs) Is that your mom? It is. Do it again. Wow. (laughs) Fucking bastard. Your mom has a filthy mouth. <laughs> She's Italian. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> Dirty. Um, also, you guys should check out Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com. Um, you know what I always say? You can't spell Shudder without utter. And if you want some some nice, milky uh, perps, you have... <laughs> You head on over to Shudder.com, and uh, they are the Netflix of horror movie and and streaming shows. Uh, And if you enter that code HMT at checkout, you get 30 free days instead of that stupid fucking seven-day free trial that we hate so much. And uh, they got all kinds of classics over there. They got a couple of the Halloweens. They got... Texas Chainsaw. They got all the Joe Bob Briggs uh, mm. stuff. So ch- they also have the Whaling. So if you want to check out the Whaling, head over to Shutter.com and uh, use that HMT code. They had the Whaling on Shutter. Yeah, oh. I feel like such a schmuck. Well, I watch it when the shoe on fits. Uh, free Voodoo, which is awful. What a dummy! Look at this guy. Don't be dumb like Bryce. Be smart. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> if you're listening to these commercials, you should be so lucky. But you should also know that you don't have to. Uh, if you head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk, you can get early access to every episode and they will be completely commercial free. Uh, and you'll help the show out for the cost of a cup of coffee per month. So head over to Patreon, sign up at some level, and uh, you'll be a happy camper, I promise. We also have a another podcast on there called The Afterpod, where we just leave the mics running and blah, 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 you into the ground. Uh, you can also get our merch at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. We got shirts, we got stickers, we got coasters. You want it. We got it. And they're all made by our resident artist, Dustin Goble, who's a professional artist who fucks with the best of them. Whoa, unbelievable. <laughs> he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. And, you know, make those, you know, make those artistic wet dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Finally, we're at the end of the commercials, guys. So thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> what is that? That's Kachak. Yeah, that's Kachak music. <laughs> Okay. It's even better when it's faster. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you speed it up like time stretch it? No, they do it. Oh, they, they do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to find really good examples, but... There's one really good example on YouTube, and you'll know. I think it's from that... Yeah. It's Is from it? That... I can't remember what, uh, what show it's from, or what movie it's from. Uh, right. Boy, uh, you know, I feel good. like I got rid of all my notes. Oh, I did. So, here we go. The wailing starts out pretty disturbingly. Someone in this village, it's rainy, someone in this village gets just horrendously murdered, but that's not like the, that's like the least disturbing part of this start, which is this the killer is like this super despondent almost zombie-esque kind of kind of dude who's who's i think a family member is that of of the the people who who have been killed it's um yes it's it's alarming and then then the police head to his quote-unquote residence and they find like this weird like i don't know it's like a sex dungeon it's like this weird nest of uh, i don't know of of just like bodies and stuff or not, but not bodies, but I couldn't quite tell what exactly was going on in there. But it plants the seed of like, wow, something incredibly dark has entered this village. And, uh, and we see it kind of through the lens of our, of our police officer, uh, protagonist, Jong Goo. Um, how did this, oh. <laughs> how did this strike you out, out the gate, Bryce? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's pretty strong. I mean you you kind of expect um you know kind of your run of the mill thriller police procedural or 
procedural beginning, but it it goes hard into the paint with like the the scenes and just how dark it looks and how fucked up the the after effects of the crimes are where you're like, no, this isn't just, you know, some murderer crime of passion. This is like something really fucked up. Yeah. And then it, and then it continues to kind of like drop you in heavy and hard, right? It's not one of these nice, easy breezy, like everything's fine. And then it starts getting fucked up movies. It's like, everything's fucked up. And it's going to get worse. Right out the gate. <laughs> right, right out the gate. And uh, and to continue that kind of emotion, uh, we, we cut to a man in the forest who's, I think he's a hunter, and he's picking up a wild pig or, or something. He's picking up a heavy load. It might have been a mushroom bag or something like that over That was bag. it. He was looking for mushrooms. He stumbled upon the deer carcass and was like, I'm going to bring this home because it was filmed in a very small mountain town village mm, yes. uh, south of Seoul so um, I guess food and when you're out there if you come upon I guess essentially their yeah, work kill it goes home for dinner oh yeah um, so yeah he's trying to grab that deer and drag the carcass off and that's where he slips and uh, see this is one thing about false. Korean movies so this one and I watched um, Memories of a Murder a couple months ago hmm. like and they're both set in kind of small villages in Korea, South Korea, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, and not I always, a lot, not I always, a lot of footage leaves North Korea. I always assumed that South Korea was like really developed. It is. Like, I mean, Seoul is and stuff. Yeah. Like a you know like a first world country, but like these villages are like it just seems it's a different culture, man. It's it seems like they're I don't know. Uh huh. Go I mean, on. They're they're carrying their soy sauce and giant jars out in the open when there's there's just some cultural differences where i'm like is it jim and king you're isolated though they're isolated on a mountain they'd say the same thing about you coming home from costco they'd be like oh god he's got like these giant vats of like of like butter like what's the deal there that's that's fair but i don't store it outside in in like a porous jar i guess that's where you're missing out on all the free energy outside i'm just an ugly american actually this whole thing is is a great segue uh, to like a little short story i have like you mentioned this fella's in the woods he's picking up a deer carcass to bring it home and to to so many people this is like this disgusting concept but uh in a previous job i used to work with a lot of like very wild people uh and a few of the people i met were would scavenge roadkill on a regular basis gross (laughs) and and they knew exactly what to do Mm -hmm. to to stop by the side of the road assess the the condition of this Mm -hmm. animal how long it's been down how long you got before it's going to start going bad and then like what you got to do to clean that up to make it edible. Uh-huh. And, uh, and these guys, these guys were, uh, I mean, they stockpiled all their money. They didn't spend any money on anything. I don't know what they spent. It you got to save all that money so you can get guns and gold. That's not what they were. bury into the hill. I love the, the setting. It's almost like they had to do zero set design. 
for that film because it was shot in the mountains. So like you were talking about the architecture, the buildings, all the shit was so ancient and mm. old school. Those are the last places that do get any type of modernization or anything. Mm. They they tend to just be preserved in history. And, and a lot of the foundations, I know we're getting super nerdy, but I absolutely just fell in love with um, where the dude lived. Like that whole area they kept shooting in over and over and over mm-hmm. um it wouldn't have been as impactful if it was just like a house yeah with a yard mm-hmm. it was the fact that you almost felt like you're back in time um and those homes look so different i've traveled through asia but i never really get to see that much type of architecture it's so cool like yeah from what i gather there's no such thing as bedrooms no in asia <laughs> they're just it's all like segregated they just kind uh, of they just all kind of sleep on the the common floor. You, you're somewhere. making a pretty broad statement. I'm, I don't think there's bedrooms in Asia. I mean, you just look at like doing? <laughs> trying to get us canceled. <laughs> I'm just, I just call it as I see. Is it in Asia? Uh huh. Okay. The country of the Asia. largest continent on the planet. Right. The country of Asia. They don't have bedrooms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do, but the separation. I said segregated. The separation between in the homes. If you notice in there, it's just like little paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was like that. I was in Tibet for three weeks. I did uh, Beijing and all these uh, different areas, and some had walls. Mm-hmm. Some prices actually correct. It was just little thin, almost not even a wall. Um, but that's you know Man, I like that. Well, I, I know it. in a lot of like Japanese houses, like the. The beds are just mm-hmm. futons that you fold up it during is. the day, yes. and you and you just use the living space like you would a living room or or whatever, and then yeah, roll out the futon and that's your bed the for ugly, the night. You're the ugliest American I've ever seen in my I, life. No, it's true. I'm bringing knowledge, David. <laughs> if my walls were paper, I'd have no walls. <laughs> my it's... kids would poke holes in that. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if that's a problem. Just oh, like, punch, you, well, punch. but but then again, replacing your walls is as easy as just getting a new sheet of paper. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> think of it that way. You just roll it out, and then just tape it back. Or just anyway. imagine, imagine if you had Meg in I, one of those. My dog, <laughs> just like bulldozing <laughs> through rooms. So that the scene you're talking about, where the old man approaches the dude pulling the deer carcass, that I will say. A little cheese ball with the red eye contacts and all that, and the and he jumps up over the rock at him. Yeah, and they're cheesy, but I I love that shit. I didn't think it was cheesy. It, it upset no? me. It yeah. upset you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he had his he was buried head first in a deer carcass. Oh yeah. Like, and then and then he and this dude's like. Well, then there's a lot of question of whether it's real or not because it goes from that to them recount. It's your dream that sequence. It's recounting it. The, the the guy is telling him the story of that's that, right that's right and then the guy doesn't believe him so you're like well did that actually happen and then later you find out that yes it did yeah um but yeah there's a lot of you know waking up from a dream um or you know someone's telling it or something like that so all of the most shocking scenes in the first like hour you're not quite sure whether you're supposed to believe him or not yeah yeah that's you're absolutely right and um Spoiler alert, to a degree, they weren't dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the feeling that it was all real. It, and and then, okay, so I guess we should move on to the, the next por- portion, which is there's a fire, and there's this absolutely crazy... Now, this it is hard for me to go back and remember all the different pieces of this movie, because like there's I a said, lot. there is so many scenes, and they just come at you, and they're all kind of notable... And they just come at you like, yeah. And when it's set up as a procedural, you're you're like, 
your mind is formatted to be like, okay, that's a clue that they're putting in front of me, so that must be important. So they mentioned mm-hmm. like mushrooms, and they focus the camera on you know rashes and like oh, this herbs be- being herbs. hung over doorways. You know, like this could be a fungus. It could be like a. Uh, infection it could be yeah and your like your mind kind of your mind kind of instantly goes to zombie right right you're like okay so it's kind of a zombie thing like what's what's at the core of this because that guy seemed kind of like 28 days later rage kind of mm-hmm. like he seemed the guy in the deer carcass and then this this lady at the scene of the fire seems like she was fully in the fire like she was she was covered in soot like she had been rolling around in in the in the ashes of the fire and she was simultaneously like just batshit insane and so it's hard to the feeling i got was that the village had some evil coming down upon it and people in the village were falling to that evil and so it but it was all very difficult to tell exactly what was what was going on but the next night these these two cops, uh, I think it's Jong Gu and his and his kind of bumbling counterpart, are sitting in the police station, just kind of chatting, and it's it's a stormy night, and this lady, just you know, in the flash of lightning, this lady just appears at the doorway, and they're both like, oh my gosh, oh no, um, in the same time that there's a blackout, and and is. Just as she is, as quickly as she came, she's gone, right? Um, these these two cops freak out so badly, uh, but it turns out to be seemingly kind of a figment of their imag- imagination. Um, the Japanese guy, that's, it all starts coming back to him. Because if you notice, you're like, when did this start? When did the town get hit with this plague or whatever it was? It was all the arrival yeah. of him. And then they talk about the story of the woman you're, you're talking about. She would be wandering naked um, because he uh, he raped her. Right. Remember the scene? And then they say since then she hasn't been right in the head. She's been wandering around nude at night. Yeah. So we kind of have these two core uh, like people for whom the, the, the story of this, this evil kind of surrounds. Right. So we have the Japanese man who entered the village and we have I, I call her the lady in white who um is a, is a villager in this village mm-hmm. who was raped by uh, or it was at least very very much insinuated that she was raped by this Japanese man um and and so that's kind of the core of the antagonist of this story why you see her pop up nude randomly right yeah. That's kind of the story linked to it. I didn't I didn't realize that was the same person. The it's lady not. In white I think you're a... confused. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The lady this in would white, not be the first time. Yeah, the lady in white uh, wasn't the one uh, that was showing up nude randomly. The lady in white, you're referring to the one that was sitting there throwing rocks at him when they were sitting there chatting. Yes. Yeah, two different women. Oh, she was... Okay, I was trying to remember where she shows up first and the rock throwing thing. Now that makes sense. It was either the... Yeah, the rocks throwing and then she pulls him into the burned house and she starts describing to him what she saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, the, the police officer, you know, he, he believes that there's... Um, uh, oh, wait, no. The the old lady who died, who was hung in the house, mm-hmm. uh, she brought... See, this is, this is going to sound all disjointed and weird because it's, it is not like a supremely linear story. It's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. The story is... The village has evil upon it. Different villagers are trying to kind of fix it 
at their own pace. And so there's, you know, as these murders keep happening, uh, we kind of learn the story and kind of unfolds itself. And one of the people who died in the village um, uh, was this old lady who got hung kind of at her at her over the doorway of her own house, kind of. I thought it was on the street. Yeah, that it's kind of the the doorway to the like the property. You know, they all have these. Well, it's like the poster. It's like the movie poster, right? It's like this this uh, uh, roofed doorway, you know, to to the entrance to the I don't know the oh. yard. Anyway, so she's hung over that, and it comes out that she got the she she brought a shaman to do a ritual, and that's why everybody in this house died because they were trying to fight the evil off. Exactly. <laughs> um, so at this point, yeah, there's lots of suspicion surrounding this this Japanese guy. And at this point, the story starts to kind of solidify and coalesce around hey, what's going on with this Japanese guy. Right. John Goon. John Goo. John, John Goon. Yeah. He, he's, Just don't end it with a K. We'll get into, into trouble. Jock Goo. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, yeah. So do we we get to the scene where they go. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead. They go to the Japanese guy's house. Yeah. And this is the part where it kind of loses me for a minute because okay. they go and they're like, you know, basically breaking in and ring. Not that breaking paper is that hard. Um, they they go in and the partner discovers. This basical, basically a nest or shrine of all the murder victims pictures, and and then they just leave. Like, yeah. So what did you see? Oh, I saw I saw a shrine of pictures of before and after of all the murder victims that were um, investigating. Huh, that's odd. Okay. I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast disparagement on the. Uh, police training in South Korea. Okay. Well, but in America generally, okay. You would probably take that guy in. Okay. Okay, Fart, I'm going to we're going to go off script a little bit here. I'm going to I'm going to ask you cuz it sounds like you have similar taste to Bryce. Um <laughs> Oh, you're going to say that this is nitpicking. I'm Oh yeah. This is so nitpicking that anything. they discover a guy that's obsessed with murderers as they're trying to investigate all these murders. I didn't say anything. You you said this. I, I uh-huh. didn't say anything. Um, it seems like a reasonable thing to do to me because uh, – I'm sorry. I should ask you first. Fart. Do you think that this that, that that this did this take rip you out of the movie this moment where they see all this super sketchy stuff in the Japanese guy's house and then they just like they run away? They, they leave without gathering the guy or evidence or anything like that. Does that bother you? There. Uh, so if you remember, the, the the guy shows up to the house. The dog is going bonkers. Uh-huh. Right. And that's what got them out. And he took the shoe with him. So if you look at the nest, it's it's photos and just shoes. So there's no weapons. There's no really incriminating anything at that moment. He's just seeing a really fucked up, weird could be a stalker, could be anything at that point. But I think, uh, I guess if I could try and get into the brain of the, the director, he would say, you can't take him in. First off, there's not enough on him. Second, um, uh, it would, the whole movie would spiral at that point. You can't bring him in. The whole thing is that they need to return to the place 
murder the dog. Those events need to happen um, to lead them to that. So I think at that point, if you notice, actually, if you remember, the lead character didn't think a lot of it where his buddy was the one freaking out in the car. And the car going, I got to tell you this shit. And he keeps repeating the story and all this shit. Then he pulls out his daughter's shoe. And that's what sells him on mm-hmm. the idea. So really, the lead wasn't too... Lead didn't even get to see in that room. No, he didn't. Right. He was just being attacked by the dog. Right. Right. Yeah, this so maybe is that's a, why they this didn't is take kind him of in. Ex- this, yeah, this makes sense to me just because there were immediate urgent stakes, right? It's It was a terrifying situation. There's a big dog... They know they're not supposed to be there anyway. They know True. this is an illegal search. Like, all there's a lot of things coalescing, and it's like, we just got to go. And then, you know, like, <laughs> like police in America, they came back and tried to make their illegal search uh, legal all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, see, okay. I, I think the answer is they just needed the story to do that, but... I can't. Uh, it made sense I won't, is what I'm saying. I won't doesn't it make it, sense? It doesn't make sense to me, because if you're corrupt enough as a cop to just break into someone's house to investigate you're probably not going to be too worried about the state of that evidence if you find like trophies uh, yeah, but what about of the, all what the about murder like victims the urgency and, produced by the dog like okay well, he you ties up the, he, the guy comes back he ties up the dog and at that point you would be like we're gonna take you in for questioning uh, instead of instead of that, they're like, "Ooh, we're really embarrassed that we're here and that we broke into his house and the dog attacked." Just him. the lead, though. The the assistant, the second cop, he was pretty adamant about what happened. That's why he took the shoe because yeah. he probably didn't think he would even believe him once he told him. Yeah, I mean that's. I watch a lot of cop videos, and kind of a feature is oh, is sure. them being an asshole and not. Like thinking that they're ever wrong. Sure. Just like Bryce. Just like he's doing right now. No, 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 no. It is correct. You got to have the good cop, bad cop, but also you got (laughs) to sell it where the lead, other than breaking into the house and being attacked by the dog, he doesn't have any real reason. He's just suspicious at that point. I would. uh, Here's how it would go in America. Well, they'd they'd stand outside and they'd be like, I I smell a strong smell of marijuana coming through from this house, and then they just kick down the door and they're like, "Oh, I see a shrine." Uh, and then they take the guy in for questioning, and then just some cultures aren't terrible and corrupt, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a cultural difference, you know. <laughs> Douchey. Also, their cops apparently don't. No, wait. Their cops carry guns, but they never use them on attacking animals. That's a good question. I wasn't sure. Do they care? Did they? Ca- were they carrying guns the whole time? Eventually, I he like shoots. They didn't when they have go, guns ever. When they go back to the and the dog gets away again, they shoot the dog. Right? Is that? No, he beats it to death. Yeah. He, with oh, okay. a, With a pickaxe. I don't think they ever had guns. Okay. Yeah, it's strange. Um, but so yeah, that, but I think they didn't take him in because that leads him to come back the second time right. to really investigate what the hell they just saw. Yeah. But and it makes sense, like having that setup of like giving them the the shoe and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when they do come back, they're like, "Hey, where's that evidence? All that evidence, all that bullshit." Yeah, he's like, "I burned it." That was in that room. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I burned all that shit." And I'm like, Fuck. And "They're like, where?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's in my kitchen burn pit." And they're like, oh, "God damn it! <laughs> wow, we really should have taken them in when we discovered all the evidence." Yeah, it's almost like cops are people, <laughs> and and they can be fa- they're fallible, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, and and things are not cut and dry and. 100% all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So they they bust up this cop's house. They uh, I think is was this the moment where they killed his dog when they returned? Yeah, they return. Uh, the dog's trying to break in. I'm pretty sure, right? And then they murder the dog, and um, that's when he looks at the Japanese dude, and he's like, "I know what you're up to." This is when, like, you see that the lead is finally kind of connecting the dots. But at that point, as a viewer, you're still not sure who right. the villain is. Right. You kind of believe it's a Japanese guy, but they're throwing you little curveballs and hints that it might not be him. And the and the lead cop is just off on a tangent. Um, right. And then he goes to the daughter. He sees his daughter. He's like, here's the shoe. What are you doing with that guy? She flips out on him and walks out of the room. That's when you start to realize something now is really wrong with the daughter. Yeah. This this moment was when I, I kind of got a little bit of a, a gut punch because I was like, oh, no. Oh no! They're gonna do. They're gonna do a horrible thing to this guy's daughter, this mm. little girl, and I just can't like that. That's that's really like a uh, that's a gut punch for me. Every time is when they make little kids into you know just unwitting puppets for some horrible. <laughs> she was amazing though. She was, she was truly terrifying. She was so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So his little girl is clearly affected. And uh, and now you, you like in your head you kind of go oh now the Japanese guy's got a beef like if he's like an evil if he's got some juju that he can throw then he's definitely throwing it on uh, Jong Gu and uh, and so now we kind of got the stakes of the whole thing down and so Jong Gu hires a the shaman to come in and this shaman at first he's kind of young. And so I'm like, ah, this upstart. You need for a shaman, you need an old guy. You need like a, you need like a grizzled vet who knows everything about the, you know, the spirit realm and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I was kind of skeptical of him coming in, but he immediately proves himself to be like super fucking on top of his shit. Like, like you know, when you hire a professional, a contractor to come do something, and you're worried that maybe they're not the best because a, a bad Google review or something like that, <laughs> you know. And so they show up and they just do something to prove their total mastery in the whatever it is, whatever kind of work you need done. You're like, <sighs> and you can breathe that that sigh of relief. That's the the moment when this guy is like, he just kind of like he looks around their yard, the shaman. And he sees these pots up on the hill and he's like, what's in that pot? And they're like, which pot? He's like, the one with the red top over there. What? What's in that? And they're like, oh, that's our um, soy sauce vat. Our giant, um, you know, vat of soy sauce. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, let's let's get that thing down here. He breaks it open and you're like, God damn, that's a lot of fucking soy sauce to waste, buddy. <laughs> You know, you could have just poured it out. I yeah. mean, those jars that don't grow on trees. Can't you just reach in there? And anyway, so he breaks the soy sauce, wastes an ass load of soy sauce, and uh, and it turns out he was dead on balls accurate. There's a fucking dead crow in the soy sauce. See, for me, the fact that the shaman was young, I th- I thought it was like playing to like he could just be a charlatan. He could mm. just be a con man. Yeah, it does. Where it's like. Is it that hard to just stuff a crow inside a soy sauce pot before you arrive? <laughs> oh. You know? And it's like, you're like, it's just some guy is like, yeah, it's, I mean, you're really going to need uh, the uh, level three exorcism, you know, package here. Um, I mean, that's really what you're going to need. It's like, mm, yeah. How yeah. much How much is that? 10,000, 10, right? Yeah, it sounds about right. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't want to spoil anything yet, but well, we're in the spoilers. You can do anything you great. want. Great. Okay. And that, well, I don't want to ruin the ending for you too. Cause I think you guys, um, Oh, okay. Uh, but I will just say this, um, that's shaman. I did get these vibes. I know where you're going with this, which is that shaman is part of the whole setup. Was he actually helping them? It doesn't. It doesn't or feel that way towards the middle of the end. Was he already anticipating removing something from their house? So where you think the crow in the jar is something bad for the house. <gasps> oh! So he already knew that somebody was putting good whatever good vibe, juju. good juju on the house. And that crow was to protect the family from evil people fucking bazinga put the crow like in the gutter or something no they have to be in the soy sauce they have to Um, drink of the crow yeah i mean we can skip a skip ahead to just basically the ending of what what is laid out because at the end um so they they try exercising the the demon from the japanese guy and and then it's like cut short by uh jangu and, um, oh yeah. And then so you're like, oh no, he almost, wow. the Japanese guy almost died. It would have been done. And the, it keeps, it keeps going. We can't just skip off. This was, I think this was the best part of the film. Maybe. I know. We'll, we'll get back to it. Okay. But I, I mean, saying the, the dilemma at the end that's laid out is, um, there's the lady in white mm-hmm. and the shaman's like, She's actually the demon. Yeah, yeah. like I got it's it wrong. Who's who? It's like she's the demon, and then it's three Spider Mans pointing at yeah. each other. <laughs> and then the lady in white's like, "No, they're lying to you." The shaman and the Japanese guy are in cahoots. You're right. And they're like, and she's like, "Don't go back to your house. Wait until the cock crows three times." And uh, and he, yeah, so I mean, that's like the dilemma is like, is the lady in white telling the truth or is the shaman telling the truth or is there something else going on? Right. It and then also like-, like it's always you're never quite sure if the Japanese guy is a demon at all. <laughs> like he, he could also that. be a guy helping. You're pretty sure at the end. Love it. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah you're pretty sure. The end. At the end. So anyways, that's that's kind of the dilemma or what's going on the whole time. So like you never I never quite trusted the shaman. Like, I was like, hmm, it seems like a guy that could either be a charlatan or not actually mm-hmm. know what's going on. Uh-huh. And it could be, like, that the Japanese guy is just some Japanese guy. Right. Uh, and trying to help out. Oh, yeah. And then at some point, like, the, I mean, he the shaman said, at some point, the shaman says, like, oh, sorry, I got it wrong. The Japanese guy is also a shaman. And he's right. trying to help you. Right. So it, it felt like this movie could have been called Shade. <laughs> Because they're just constantly just casting shade on. They're like, what's real? I don't know. Is it that guy? Is he bad? Is it her? Is she bad? And the answer is like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the answer is kind of like, what? I, I, I'm not. I'm still not exactly sure. Have you have you worked it out far? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm there. Can can let's, you let's save let's save the, the yeah. ending discussion. Let's go yeah, into yeah. like the the first exorcism with the because that's like one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh yeah. To me. So the shaman uh, is yeah he's he's there it is the mm. most terrifying music out there. Bang it. Uh, yeah, he's he's like, look, we gotta we gotta remove 
this spirit, like that we're going to perform a death curse. Mm. And this shit is fucking dangerous. Like, I love how they set this up. He's like, dude, you can't can't fuck with this stuff. So, yeah, don't have sex or eat any. You know, you got to eat right. Yeah. Yeah. Eat Eat a balanced meal. He literally says just eat, eat right. And and like and John Koo's like, got it. And don't interrupt. I'd be like, I'd have so many questions. I'd be like, so can you tell me if gluten's evil? Like, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> at that point, they don't give a shit. He wants to save his daughter. Yeah. So like if do I anything. go to McDonald's and I get the salad, is that okay? Yeah, but I just don't know is what I'm saying. Fart. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Like apple slices. What are we talking? If you go back to old ritualistic stuff, I love old culty ritualistic shit. I'm a big fan of it. It so, shows. It shows on your face. Okay. Yeah. Well, Eating what you intake, your body as a vessel, all that shit does matter when it comes to rituals. Mm. Okay. So. Um, yeah, but I just don't know. Like, and I'm so disconnected from all of that. Yeah. That why, can't like, you, why can't be you like, come... so chicken nuggets are cool? Or... <laughs> why can't you come before a ritual? <laughs> I think you can. it feels like you should be able to come just so to, to clear your mind. Depending what ritual it is. He said specifically know. intercourse. So all my he, rituals are he, come rituals. Could he just jack off? <laughs> Get some post nut clarity before this ritual. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I, I love the whole. Uh, I think the the shaman was trying to fuck with him, trying to just you know keep his mind nice and cloudy. Don't do this. Do this. Don't interrupt me. So he could actually do what he was trying to do. Okay, this is so interesting to me because normally I feel like the roles would be, be reversed here, Bryce. I would be the skeptical one who's like, ah, that guy's got some shady shit going on. I bought into the shaman a hundred percent. I was like, this dude, this dude has their best interest at heart. I trust him. It didn't even occur to me. To, it, like, there was a moment later on where it was like, oh, I think maybe the shaman might not be good. But see, you did the, the thing that I would normally do, which is be skeptical of everything right out the well, gate. Well, I just have a policy. I never trust anyone with slick back hair and a ponytail. <laughs> Touché. Karate Kid 3 has really, you know, <laughs> taught me some life lessons, and that's life lesson number one. Never trust a man in a ponytail. So, shaman <laughs> gets... The shaman gets this crazy ritual going, and this is maybe the best part of the whole movie, where he's... it's It appears uh, that the movie is pitting the shaman against the Japanese man. Both have prepared earlier in the day by gathering um, uh, sacrificial animals like chickens and goats. Um, they... They've got their their music that mm-hmm. that both of them are 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 making sure is is playing in the background and they basically go to spiritual war with each other mm-hmm. and this is and the the girl is sitting in front of the shaman and like he's they're performing this ritual around the little girl no yes no she's in the bedroom she's in the bedroom in yeah. the back shaman's doing it out in the front he's slaying the chickens he's just about to take out the goat well, where was the part where he had like the knives and he was like putting them against her head oh yeah she oh that's right that's they started like that and then she and then they took her off yeah they bed. took her off so they started with her just doing the the ting ting with the knives yeah. uh, next to her and then i think she bailed and oh I, yeah yeah she bailed that's that's, that's, that's true we're both right she went and laid down or something um <laughs> convenient <laughs> My head hurts. Um, 
So it's a racket. So, but this is like a pretty impressive part of the movie. It's about fifteen minutes long. It seems like, and it is intense, and it's just this like crazy spiritual war where the where the Japanese man seems to be. It is alluded to that he is trying to hardcore possess or keep control of the little girl. And the shaman is basically trying to kill the, the Japanese man, who at this point has been established as not a man at all, but a ghost and not just a ghost, an evil fucking ghost, a demon. So now you're like, wait, this Japanese man is a flesh and blood person, but due to some uh, some difference in, in uh, I don't know, in the... I don't I don't know how to explain this at all. It, I mean it's pretty similar ritual going on. So like the the Korean, you know, song and dance for the uh exorcism is going on and then it cuts in between that and the Japanese guy performing a pretty similar ritual of like beating drums and and like really intense. So again, the, at this point I'm like it could be either or. Like, it could be the Japanese guy is trying to protect him and the shaman is attacking him. It could be that the shaman is protecting him and the Japanese guy is attacking him. But it seems like it's clarifying it because towards the end, the Japanese guy looks like he's almost dead or right. dying. Right. Like, he eventually falls down and just, like, stops breathing until um, Jong-Gu cuts it short because he's afraid for his daughter. Right. And he steps in and he says, no more, you stop it. And, and then as the Japanese guy gasps air and like, it's like, oh, Actually, good. he says, <laughs> get out. That's from the scene. He, yeah, and, and at this point it's been set up by the shaman. It's like, hey, don't fuck up this ritual. If you fuck it up, it'll really fuck things up badly. This is a dangerous curse I'm laying down. So as a viewer, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What's he doing? No, don't stop it. Um, so, yeah, incredible scene. Um, and I got to say, the Koreans get their money's worth with their exorcisms. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot going on. I, I wish, like, the Catholics would have more dance numbers in their exorcisms. Yeah. And, like... More yeah, it's pretty boring. Sacrifice. Holy water. Yeah, it's just saying the same thing over and over again. A little Latin. Yeah. Br Bryce is an ex-Mormon. Do, uh, do Mormons have any uh, exorcism things? I mean, not yeah. like a... I mean, yes, like technically you, you could perform exorcisms with the priesthood, but it's not like a... It's much less formal. There's not like rites or like a stock. Um, Pouring most of their energy into that multiple wives thing. You're right. It's mostly just like. And why wouldn't you? A type of prayer or mm. a type of. Yeah. No, they were pretty accurate with some of that stuff. I love old ritualistic weird shit in the in the cutting chickens in a sequence order, ending with the goat. All that shit's pretty classic and dead on mm -hmm. from hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So, oh, you know what? Actually, this uh, this reminded me. Watching this movie, I was reminded of a friendship um, that I've had for a long time. Uh, a fella who is uh, half Japanese. Um, and he told me this story one time uh, where... <sighs> I like, I don't know. He he would just drop knowledge on me about, you know, what it was to be Japanese. Um 
you know, on occasion, as friends do. And one time he I, somehow we, Koreans got brought up and he go, oh, man, he, he said one time, oh, man, these um, the only time I've ever experienced like um, judgment based on I th- I, now this is all out of context and stuff like that. But I'm just going to put it in my own words. He said the only time I've ever experienced like judgment based on the way I look was from Koreans, uh, a group of Koreans who didn't who were very they, they immediately asked me are you japanese uh, and and i said yes and they were not happy about mm. that and uh, and i didn't understand this is my friend i didn't understand why because I, I and later i learned that um japan basically committed numerous war crimes <laughs> against the korean people over Many, many centuries mm-hmm. uh, abduct, abducting women to be used as, quote, comfort women um, is a common uh, well, you know crime that you, you hear about Japanese perpetrating upon Koreans. But That's they, fair. That is fair. But they experimented on them. That seems like a really nice way of saying, like, uh, sex trafficking. Yeah, well, it they, is. They took, they're comfort women. <laughs> also, where are you going with this? Well, I just... <laughs> going on where you go well i think it's interesting because because very specifically this is a korean movie and they bring in a japanese guy to be the bad guy yeah and so i'm like oh it's all kind of coming together for me because i remember my buddy telling me about this and i remember being like oh wow i didn't i had no idea that there was you know i mean in in world war ii there was or maybe it was around the turn of the 20th century there was a lot of like really horrific um Experiments being done uh, by the Japanese on on Korean people. All that to say, there is a long-standing cultural beef. Correct. And so there's kind of this um, insinuation in this movie where he's bad because he's Japanese. I I think you're going a little... I mean, listen. They call him the Jap. That's a little too... I know, but that's a little too on the nose. I think the director was not trying to portray the villain as the old history of the hatred or whatever animosity between well, no, it's Japan r- and fucking Korea. 14 centuries. Okay. And it's still not wrapped up. You, th- you don't think this is bothering me. I will say this, though. Like, I've, yeah, I've been in Asia uh, for a couple months, and uh, you feel it. Every place you go, they have animosity towards the others. Like, when I was in Tibet, it was the same shit. All the Tibetans hate Chinese because they feel China has their fingers meddling in Tibet. Mm. So no matter really where you go, you're going to find that anywhere. Just like um, the UK, you know, Ireland and, and Britain, mm-hmm. there's always that animosity of like, but they don't make movies fucking outing each other, being like, you're the <laughs> Well, You're I don't think it, of a movie. I don't think it's I mean, a bad thing necessarily great. because he ends up seeming to be the Japanese guy who they who everyone in this movie who all the protagonists in this movie mm-hmm. othered ends up being the guy who's trying to protect them, right? So there's this subtext of like don't judge a book by its cover just because he's Japanese doesn't mean Wait, he's necessarily he wasn't trying to protect him. He was a, a literal demon. Well, at some point they it you know again this is uh-huh. th- that thing where the shade gets thrown around and and at some point they're like hey he's the one who's trying to keep you safe mm-hmm. right yeah and that's why i think your the views on them playing the japanese as a villain due to history and all that shit is not true cuz he plays with the the fact that he's good the japanese guy is actually good and he's here to help and all that shit so he had to kind of i mean you need a little bit of holes occasionally to get that who's done it story mm. across he can't just 
perfectly lay it all out for you because then you can't do that back and forth. Who's done it? Um, yeah. Type of deal. And and yeah, Bryce is right. He was the devil. Yeah. It's so how <laughs> so how do we like what ends up happening at the end of this whole thing? Like so yeah, can like we unravel it. Yeah. Why aren't you uh, so? The way it ends is like that whole like he said she said thing with the lady in white and the and the yeah. shaman and and so in the end it's revealed that the Japanese guy is definitely a demon. Yes. We see him in his like true demon form in front of the the priest. Here it is. Taking pictures. Yeah. And he's got like claws and red eyes and stuff. And then um, you know. It, John Goo is supposed to wait until the third cock crows, but he cuts it short and goes back. You know, it seems like a, a theme for him. And his whole family is murdered. So it ends up that the lady in white is probably right. because, And then it's confirmed because the shaman is shown, like, with all the pictures and packing up and, like, taking the picture, the mm-hmm. photos of the aftermath of John Goo's family. And so it's obvious that, like, yeah, they are in cahoots, and the lady in white was right, and then it ends with John Goo saying that he'll, you know, do what police officers do and, you know, protect their own and sweep it all under the rug. That's what happened to the first family. When you see opening scene, you see the guy's kind of zombie-ish, covered in boils. They also failed to come on the third rooster crow. Mm. So that's what happened to that family is the same shit went down was they couldn't wait. They rushed back to their family murdered. Same thing all the way. Fast forward to the end. The, that family fell victim to the same thing that jong fell victim to is oh. prematurely running back. And there's something in that. If you go back into this third crow or, or cock, whatever the fuck the rooster's crowing, uh, there's something to that where it is, you know, cannot might not be totally legit, but it is an old hmm. ritualistic shit. Where it's like the timing of things has to be exactly right. That's why when he runs through um, before the third one, you see the plant start to dry up. Yeah. That's hanging. Oh. And then you realize he fucked up just like the first family fucked up. Because if you go back to that oh. first scene, the same little plants are hanging. Yeah, and they're all dried uh, up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so they but, fucked up too. But that first one, they're already talking about mushrooms. Like they're, the dialogue that's yeah, happening yeah. over that scene is talking about mushrooms, and you're yeah. like, "That's not mushrooms. Why are they showing that?" But you're like, "Plants." It turns out that the, the family just like mushrooms. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the mushrooms. Um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, he was um, supposed to be portrayed as the devil, not even so much of a ghost or anything like that. This is kind of like, did you ever see that cheesy dogma movie? You know, where the mm-hmm. the devil reveals himself at the very end or some shit, right? Uh, dog was that dogma? Um, oh. I can't remember. But they just play with the very humanistic vibe mm-hmm. of the devil, and that's what he was doing with the Japanese guy. I don't think uh, where he's from had a lot to do with it, but uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> All right, why would they make Why would they make him Japanese? If because not? there's Japanese people living in Korea and vice versa. I mean, there's American people living in well, Korea. Well, I'm, sure, also- I'm sure there's a little bit of prejudice there. Did you ever see deep Kingdom? Down. Oh, I'm sorry? Did you ever see Kingdom, the Korean zombie show? No. Fucking incredible. And it's uh, it's also mishmashing Japanese um, and Korean uh, battles and shit like that with zombies. Actually, you know, it's interesting. One of our, I think, our biggest blind spot is, um, is Korean horror and Japanese horror uh, generally, just generally, 
yeah. Eastern horror efforts. Are you big into that stuff? Yeah, I Takeshi Miike. Come on, dude. You know. Uh-huh. Oh shit. Okay, Ichi the Killer. Oh yeah, yeah. I he know. did that. Um, Visitor Q. One of the most creepiest, scariest fucking woman lactates, and it fills up a room, and they're all drowning. It's fucking amazing. That's and, uh, my fetish. Audition. Nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, oh wait, here we go. Nailed it. There it is. So um, yeah, I do. I do love, uh, and I lived in Europe for a while, so I tend to. I missed a lot of American horror. Okay. I think all the shit that you guys watched from 2009 to 2017, I missed out and I had to really mm-hmm. catch up on in the last couple of years of American horror. Oh, gotcha. Because everything I had access to was just European and Asian horror movies. And that's where I fell into the Takeshi Miike mm-hmm. vortex. Well, if you got any other uh, recommendations, we'll take Kingdom. Them. That's one of the greatest Korean and that's a TV show? shows. Yeah. It's a and show. fucking incredible. Two seasons. Uh, it's not that cliche zombie bullshit type of. Um, they really, they do really a great. I mean, they're samurais. There's uh, cultural history behind it all, and and it's done really well. So yeah, that's one too. And again, eighty percent of Takeshi Miike. If you want to start off with a good one, audition. Okay, that yeah, one I've will heard scare the shit out of you. I've heard big things about audition for sure. I I also want to see Neroi the Curse. Um, have you, have you seen her ride the car? Okay. Anywho. Um, so there it is. That's kind of... Well, well, what was the, sorry, what was the, the extended spoilers? ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me help you guys out. So um, the ritual that the shaman was doing was to remove what the woman in white put on the house. So she tried to save the family. Mm-hmm. So that whole ritual was to remove the safety she put on the house. Uh-huh. So that's why he knew the crew was, uh, crow was in there. That's also why he said, don't disturb me while I'm doing it because I need to get this shit off so we can fucking get access to your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was doing that ritual to remove it. Came for your daughter, Chuck. Yeah. And uh, so then at that point, you start to really that's what's so cool to watch it the second time, because those little hidden eggs in there were like, you don't realize how much she's helping them. Yeah. The woman in white throughout the whole thing. But I love it that the, the director is so good at just making you feel like she's the villain at times. Yeah. That shit is hard to do through script telling. That, that is not an easy feat. So, yeah, there's that. And that's why he knew the crow was in there. Because if you go back, that's what they used to use to remove bad spirits or whatever. Um, fast forward to they were obviously working together. The alternate ending scene was. Well, wait, wait. Before oh, we go, go forward, what happened to the Japanese guy when he was dying? Like, what was going yeah, on there? So something must have been going on where. um he was either transitioning or something was going. I don't think there was a connection between what the shaman was doing and what he was doing. I think they wanted you to feel that's why they kept intercutting back and forth yeah. between the two. But really, they were two separate rituals. They had no, they weren't coinciding with each other, even though that they tried to make it look like the timing of it killed the guy. That's something that I'll go back and rewatch again to see how they're playing with that because it might be one of those things where they had to do it just to keep you. Yeah, that's the one confused. thing that doesn't seem to fit in my head is that like if the lady in white was right like why was the japanese guy like so close to death or portrayed like he was dying well she was always looking at him from around the corner she was always just like true peeking at him and being like and being like what the fuck is this japanese guy up to you know she was always behind him or like around him and like concerned with him Mm. um so it could very well be that there's some stuff that in the background that i missed so what's the what's the ending the extended version yeah so i will say I, i i think they had to um 
play around with that to keep us confused. But yeah, so what they they had as an alternate ending was um, the Japanese guy sitting at a bus stop, and there's a family um, and a little daughter across the street waiting for the other bus. And the Japanese guy puts out his hand and he has some candy or some shit. Mm. And um, the little girl's like, kind of enticed. So she starts walking over to him and the mom runs quickly, grabs the daughter. She's like, no, 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 brings her back and shit. And he looks a little pissed off. And then uh, a car pulls up and it's the shaman. Mm. And he gets in the car with the shaman. Mm. And then I think maybe one word of dialogue is said to one of the between them. And then... um, they write off and I totally get now why they didn't keep it because it was less effective to see them in a scene together mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. You never see them in the same scene, the shaman and the, yeah. the Japanese guy. So I could see why they cut it now because it did. Yeah, it's communicated of, enough just from showing the, the shaman take pictures. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like some kind, sometimes danger comes in the form of help. Yeah. And it's a very, and when I say religious, it really does come down to that cliche devil and angel back and forth thing where woman in whites portrayed as the angel Japanese guys portrayed as um, some type of devil and um, the reason that kind of stuff scares me too is I don't know man there's so much like old history tied into it like there's a lot of fabricating in it a lot of just blowing shit out of proportion but also he sprinkles in like old real ritualistic shit that makes it just a little scarier that's why like I compare it to um, serpent under the rainbow Kind of vibe. I haven't seen Serpent Under the Rainbow. You'll like Is it. that from the early 80s? Wes Craven. Yes. Yeah, Bill Pullman, um, voodoo shit, really. I mean, to make a ritual scary, a lot of movies have tried it. It just doesn't work for me. You but know, these did. I feel like I feel like Craven has kind of been popularized to to yeah. an extent that his name isn't synonymous with like total depravity, but that guy is so depraved. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like we watched, uh, what the was it? The last house on the left. The other, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the the original from the seventies, uh, a couple months ago, and yeah. it's like, hoo, 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 buddy, holy shit! Well, yeah. I mean, even like the the wide mass audience stuff, like Scream. It's like yeah. there's a definite edge to it, where it's like, oof, that's. Uh, what did you think about the zombie scene? This one was my favorite. The rake in the head. Oh, the rake in the head. That's and then great. Because at that point, all of our zombie instincts are like, oh, he's dead now. Right. Right. No. No. He uh-uh. just pulls it out. I think my favorite where I'm laughing out loud is where he takes the shovel and just kind of breaks it. And then you look at the lead character and he just kind of goes, Ugh. he just throws the shovel at yeah. his face. It's yeah. like a bonk and he bonk. falls. <laughs> yeah. That's that kind of stooges shit I love. It's like, that's where the director really has got to get I got to say, right. in Korea, they got to start using hardwood on those tool handles. <laughs> it's like extremely easy for them to break those tool handles. That, that zombie was superhuman. Yeah, he had retired strength. <laughs> we got to call Retarded? it. Retarded? No, can't say that. Got to call it weird strength now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got that weird strength. Um, final recommendations. Man, uh, if you don't mind subtitles, this is a... This is a pretty undeniably good horror movie that, I mean, if, you, if you're into, like, uh, proce- like true crime or procedurals or that kind of thing, this will tickle your dickle. Um, okay. Know, tickle your dickle. 
And yeah, I mean, it's this is a fun one, no matter no matter how you cut it, and uh, and it's gonna upset some people. So I don't know who who, who would you recommend this to? Yeah, I think it's uh it's kind of along the similar vein of like uh, yeah, Exorcist the the Exorcist, where it's like it's pretty family based. Yeah, um, a lo- very heavily focused on possession and supernatural and trying to exercise your demons. Um, but also having the added layer of like the police and like mystery aspect to it and a lot more twists and turns than your regular supernatural haunted house possession movies. Um, a lot of stuff going on. It's really, really engaging. I think, um, highly recommend it for anyone into supernatural stuff. For, how did you hear about this movie? How did you like, do you recall? Fucking bro young. Um, just probably searching online. I'm always the like whatever I haven't seen, I'll just type in that um place and then best movies, best horror movies. Like I'm on my Australia binge right now for the last couple of days. I've just only been watching Australian horror. Just watch B- Baba Duke over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that one was all right. Um I but I don't feel I don't like it. I, I I like to do that. So if I go down the Korean vortex, I'll just watch Korean films for like a couple of weeks. So I probably stumbled upon it that way. Just making a list gotcha very cool yeah and i'm trying to think of anything that you guys uh other than like the the zombie was a great little throw you a left curveball mm-hmm. kind of thing and i think that's um yeah there's a lot of there's a just a, a bevy like this has so much variety it's like a horror variety hour it's like oh we got possession yeah we got the supernatural like there's a lot to talk about ghosts yeah a lot of red herrings in this movie a lot of lot of like stuff sent in there to lots of confuse you ritualistic stuff lots of religious stuff it's just it checks an absolute zombie stuff it checks an ass load of boxes. yeah i love that they have yeah. just a catholic priest in there for no apparent reason you know oh the first dude the the, the skinny dude that yeah, yeah, walks yeah. in there and gets his face the, trans- the translator basically oh yeah that's right um the guy that talks to the the japanese, japanese guy, guy at the yeah, end. yeah 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 yeah, that was great. He goes in there to go finally find him, and he goes in the cave. Did you ever see, maybe my connections are off, but what was that first criminal movie or show with Woody Harrelson and that other dude? True, True Detective. Detective. Yeah. Wasn't there something in that where they stumble upon a nest, like a type of yep. nest? Yeah. Thing? That's that is. Remind me of. Have you seen it? Yeah. Anytime you got a nest, I'm just like, <gasps> oh, That's how fucked up. No, not sticks. <laughs> and arranged in a circle. And then you walk into <laughs> our recording studio, and you're like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> a nest. <laughs> uh, nothing more evil than sticks arranged into a circular pouch. What yeah. was the what was the name of that fucking smoking hot girl in True Detective? Ooh, Alexandria Daddario. Oh. Oh. That <laughs> still, was my boner hitting the ceiling. Still, still one of my favorite subreddits <laughs> of all time. This is a subreddit detect. Dedicated to one scene <laughs> in True Detective. Um, what is it? Just like some hot chick or something? It's, yeah. That so, that, that uh, show, True Detective, There, th- there's like the best Alexandria Daddario like nude scene ever. Uh, and um, I mean, so people say I haven't. I, uh, I, uh, I forget about it. I don't remember much about it. Right. My balls are about to fizz. <laughs> Were your balls fizzing watching that? I was watching and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, big boy, 
Okay, before we go too crazy, let's get into <laughs> horror movie this is a, <laughs> a little bit where we let you talk on our show. And if you want to call 682-253-4468, um, then you can leave us a voicemail on our voicemail line. Let us know what you think. And uh, straighten us out on the, you know, it's 14th century cultural war between um, Japan and uh, and Korea. So let's Ooh, yeah. <laughs> let's hit the messages. Here we got our first one. It says transcription not available, and it's only two seconds. We're still going to air it. Let's see what happens. Nothing. So f- fuck you. Worth wow. it. Totally worth it. Wow. Oh my god. Okay, here we got our next caller. Hey, guys. My name's Heather, and I'm calling from northern Michigan, up near the Mackinac Bridge. And I got to say, I love you guys. I'm a rural mail carrier and love listening to you while I'm delivering my mail. I do have to say, you've got me laughing so hard at your penis comparisons (laughs) in one of your episodes. And I was just praying nobody would come up on me in the car and hear it. Anyway, um, I messaged you through Facebook Messenger. Okay, thank you. Because I'd love to say... What's the? I wonder what our penis comparison. I don't know, was but it tickled her over the Mackinac Bridge, right? <laughs> what? Yeah, I wonder how much that happens. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for listening to the show and saying nice things. Yeah, what's to going us. on? You guys comparing your your slungs of each other? Because I'm down. Let's see them. I don't know. We're, Funky. It's not gonna. I'm whatever a, the competition is, I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I doubt. <laughs> we could dock. You want to dock? No. Oh, okay. Oh. Ooh, it could, that could be a fun time. I'm just saying. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> uh, next caller. Let's see here. here we... This uh, sounds like this is Mike from Houston. Hey, what's up, guys? Big fan. Uh, this is Nick from Houston. And I just want to let Mike? you guys uh, know my standings on a few things. Mm. Uh, first of all, not really afraid of sinkholes. Uh, to be honest, they actually turn me on more than anything. And... Uh, you know, they're especially great if they're in between a couple of big cheeks. You know what I'm saying there, David? <laughs> you know what I'm be hitting that ass with? The baseball bat. That's right, fellas. I'm team bat as well, David. But uh, you know what, Bryce? Don't worry about that because there's still a spear that I use a lot. My meat spear. All righty. I love you guys. And uh, big, big hugs from Houston. And kisses if you're gay. Just kidding. I'll still do that if you're straight. Uh-huh. Love you guys. Bye. This guy's big team David over here. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got to catch up on a few things. Um, here, Fart, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bats versus Spears debacle. Mm, um, no. So we're discussing just, hey, what... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just... All right. Zombie, zombie apocalypse occurs. Which are you going for uh, for your go-to uh, weapon? Me- you, melee weapon. Melee weapon, right. Yeah, no mechanical like guns, nothing like that. <laughs> well... I read the book, How to Survive the Zombies. So, so did I. Mel Brooks' Max, Max, Max Brooks, Brooks. yeah. Uh, so, Samurai Sword, all day long. Okay, but that wasn't an option. Oh, sorry. What was the option? The yeah. bat? Bat versus no, you or can, spear. No, you can choose, okay, you Samurai, can choose Sword. Samurai Sword. So, all day long. You keep that shit sharpened. Uh-huh. Dunzo. You got reach. 
I'm I'm going to say that's a that's a good option if it were truly an option. Oh, mm. but if it's not, and you say wait a bat. No, or what I'm saying is, where are you going to get a samurai sword? The mall. You, you, so you're going to, in the middle of a zombie outbreak, Absolutely. you're going to do the most cliche thing ever. Go to the mall. Go to the mall. Get that sword. Go to food court. Get myself some Cinnabon. Stock up. All that shit before, you know, you, you, you got to hit the water. I had respect at that point. for you. I had respect for you. What are you going to do? Go straight to the boat? You're going to go rob somebody's boat and sail out there? Cliche like all other zombie movies? No. No. I'm going to. Uh, I have. You, See, you, you saw my zombie mobile out there. The most important argument you had for using a samurai sword fart is reach. Yeah. Nothing has more reach than a spear. Mm. A spear but a spear is, is a one and done. You have to keep pulling that. Have you ever pulled something out of a carcass? This is what I'm Very saying. Hard. Very Listen hard. to this man. Especially with a beveled front end. Like if you're spearing something, it's not going to be a queen, queen, queen. It's going to be a stick. Yeah, stick and then... <laughs> And then have to pull oh, that out. shit out. Yeah, it's where where I don't understand where this comes from. Like, like pulling from a, knowing no one, how no things one, work. No one looks at a knife as like, yeah, I could stab him, but it'd be really hard to pull that knife out once it goes into him. It's like, no, it's supposed. It's literally just a knife on the end of a long pole. Yeah, right. No, no one worries about getting a knife stuck in Here, someone. Here's my thoughts on on the bat. I'll goes just dull quick too. I'll, I'll when say you're this. Going through a lot of skulls. I'll say this. Great samurai sword. It's a great idea. Spear. The other pretty thing, good idea too. You don't have a spear. You don't have a samurai sword. Yeah, I I can go I have to any store anywhere and get two or three bats. I have a spear. And not only that, it doesn't take any dexterity to use. You're not trying to poke something from six feet away. You fucking swing away, Meryl. You know. See, here's the go thing. to town. There's no there's no pulling it out. It slides right off of a of a head. No we're, we're being we're being redundant in all this, but. I I have to give it my due diligence. <laughs> yes, everyone has a spear. Everyone has a shovel. Just unscrew the shovel head off and sharpen it, number one. Uh, That's one foot longer than a bat, what you're describing. Also, I just the want to stick your describing. way longer. Do we need to put a bat up against a yes. shovel? Yeah, obviously you do. Shovel would go up to here. Dude. Shovel or would be like I've, up to here. I've rehandled like 30 shovels. Do you think I would know? I think I would. How many shovels have you worked with, Bryce? <laughs> I don't know. Five. Well, how many have you rehandled? Because the handle is not long. It is. There is a, a foot and a half of metal shovel on a shovel. There's maybe three and a half feet of, of okay. wooden handle. All right. Well, let's say. Oh, I thought you were such an expert. Let's say a closet dowel. Sharpened. Okay, this is going nowhere. I'm a super. I'm just saying, bro. like with with both bats and samurai swords, it depends on swinging. So you have to be close enough to yeah. swing with a with a with a uh, spear. You can stab like five times, like in succession. You, there's more attacks per second, and the cranes would appreciate that. I guess at that point, I wouldn't even be out on the battlefield. I would be in a place, destroy the staircase, fill up the bathtub and sinks full of water. You won't see me for a couple months. Okay. I mean, what do I know? I've just done many, many years of physical labor. Mm. Like, you know, don't don't listen to me. It's just take it from take it from Bryce or fart. I get your samurai, samurai sword. sword. Get your spear. It'll fuck be the spear. Great. I'm not with Bryce on that one. I'm saying fuck <laughs> the spear because it's too much work, not enough damage. It's I will sword. fuck the spear. That's something we can all agree on. <laughs> Next. Oh. Next caller. Okay. I'm a super hipster, bro. <laughs> I know. Where David. are you pulling these from? <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. 
Is this, hello? Is this the Whores Talk radio show with uh, Dr. David Blaine, the scary cat doctor? The, no. the scary meow meow Good. guy? Wow. You got the and wrong show. Handsome? This is the very strange. What? I don't know what that is. Sounds kind of racist. Well, you got us packed. All right. Next caller. Shit. Next caller. Here we go. Hey, guys. I'm just listening to... Uh, this is Jeremy, by the way, from Milwaukee. Hey, Jeremy. Listening to Don't Breathe to review. And just... It makes me want to watch it so much. Like, I completely ignored it up until this point because the first one was just, like you said, like a 5 out of 10. It was bullshit, whatever. But your hatred for it and the way David defends it and how deprived and how insane it sounds Makes it seem like the best fucking beating level movie you could watch because you're getting your money's worth in that regard. You're getting what you came for. But a second note, which is the real reason I called in, is because I think Bryce had a beautiful million dollar idea mm. when he said, Why aren't more people just buying up these properties, abandoned properties in Detroit for like five grand? And it just reminded me, why don't we do Chainsaw? The chain, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, tw- you know, 2022, but in Detroit, <laughs> buying up all these properties. That's what they should have done. Just like that. I don't know. Whatever. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend did that. She bought a couple houses in Detroit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She bought like two or three houses. Each one was a couple grand. Yeah? She's just sitting on them. Oh, that's just it. Just chilling. Yeah. She lives in LA, but she just has them for maybe that zombie apocalypse. Yeah. When you live... <laughs> Live Got here. him full of spears. Aaron, yeah, house full of spears. Aaron sent me. Aaron sent me this listing from Zillow. Well, it was this TikTok of someone reviewing this listing from Zillow of a Bellingham, Washington uh. house. Uh. And you'll never. Okay, so it's like a you know a regular lot. Like it's and it's like. A thousand something square feet, three bedroom, two bath. Um, first of all, like, what would your just a middle of the road, three bedroom, two bath, fourteen hundred square feet in Bellingham? What would you assume it would sell for or list price? Five hundred. Okay. Shit, I was going low. I was going like two seventy. Yeah. Right, um, right now, things are pretty fucking crazy in Washington. It had burn damage. Fucking <laughs> hell! <laughs> it was. Looked like an uh, inferno blew out of like the kitchen window and bur- it burnt the fence across wow. from the window. Like the house was literally on fire, and it you know listed as like, oh, it's it's a true fixer upper. <laughs> um, list price one point three million dollars. Oh Jesus! You know, location, location, location. Were the pictures of it just literally on fire? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> uh, the other feud we had that we could get into, and you can weigh in on this, and, and it doesn't bother us to get into heated arguments, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> Bryce, well, you would you like to segue your... Oh, sinkholes, sinkholes. versus earthquakes? Yeah. I, I still maintain that the most frightening... Natural, natural disaster yeah. is sinkholes. Kind of geological natural disaster. Yeah, because at any point, the earth can just open up and swallow you, mm-hmm. and then you're just gone. What do you think? Well, far, where's your money lie? Um, 
for uh, for natural disasters. What I mean, was it? Sinkholes or earthquakes? But but or, really, or, or could, any or any natural. You could disaster. samurai sword this and throw something else in there. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I've lived in California a lot of my life, so I've dealt with like mudslides, things that are randomly kind of terrifying acts of nature uh, wreaking havoc on the on the area you're in. So sinkholes. Where the fuck do sinkholes even happen other than Star Wars in the desert? Everywhere. You can strike at any point. Just, anywhere. Even in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. They can be man-made. can be from a, like, sewer leak. It could be from a natural me, undercurrent of a... Under- did you forget about all those relatives that you lost to sinkholes, Fart? Is that what's going <laughs> See, on? It doesn't, it doesn't matter how... How prevalent it is. Prevalent. Prevalent. Oh, shit. Prevalent. 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 What are you doing, Sal? Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that it could happen. Uh-huh. And I view as, like, all the other natural disasters where it's like, well, you can, if you're caught in them, there's still stuff that you can do. There's either a warning or there's stuff that you can do in the moment to protect you. Earthquake, like... You find a solid structure, stand in a doorway, and get under a sturdy table or something. Uh, or just, <laughs> I don't know. I've been through some pretty terrifying earthquakes. Or, you know, just go outside. Mm, you no, know? nah, I mean, not when the street is opening up. Oh, you mean like a sinkhole is opening up below no, you and you I get just sucked like, into the think earth? Think about the earthquake in the 60s and in the bay. That one was like literally swallowing the city. Um, and, and Is that a sinkhole? I don't fucking yeah. know. When is the that... earth opens up and swallows okay, things, so that it's, would so be so a Now we're in a combination. The it's earthquake a fault line. is creating... It's not a sinkhole. It's a sinkhole. Oh, oh so Tectonic different. plates. So different. So you're needing the earthquake to cause the sinkhole. No, you don't need the earthquake to cause a sinkhole. You can have just like water erode the earth underneath the the uh, road or the the ground and then it just disappears into the abyss yeah. at Is that some right? point yeah exactly like we had see here's the thing there's a couple photos i could share where it's like okay that's kind of the most dreadful thing i've ever seen <laughs> i shared it on facebook and it, i changed a lot of people's minds just by showing like whole city blocks worth of those ones that happen, yeah. If you live in Mexico, I would be, I would be potentially worried about being sucked into a sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Um, Natural disasters don't scare me though. Just to answer that question, I'm more terrified of what exists on the streets of killing me than mm-hmm. natural disasters. So Such earthquakes, as. sinkholes. Fucking the worst winter, whatever it is, none of it has any. What exists on the streets? Now, now bring us into your world for a minute here. Oh well, yeah, I I tend to live with a lot of people that tend to be a little stabby, right? That's the big problem with me is living in. I lived in East LA for a long time. I lived in um, the shitty areas of Portland and Lentz, all that stuff. Um, I'm way more terrified of of getting hurt, killed by anything in the city than the actual natural disasters. Those things do nothing to me. I don't like getting hurt killed either. Um, I don't like feeling vulnerable and terrified on the streets. Hey, I gotta say, so we hit him with my bat. We didn't do a great job. I didn't do, this is all my fault. Uh, I did not do a great job of introing you at the start. And I must say, I have what intro? I have um, appreciated your work on uh, a couple different podcasts, most notably uh, your mom's house. Oh! For so many years you have your stuff has brought me so much joy thank you thank you thank you and i i can't tell you how over the moon i was when you responded to my message so 
number one, thank you for the entertainment. Thank you. And for bringing your talent to uh, the shows that I love. And thank you for coming and being on our show. I can't – you've just been – just so nice, and I'm and I'm sorry if this is an uncomfortable thing for you, but I have to do it. Um, do you have Do you have projects that you want to plug before? Uh, I mean, we'll get another chance at the at the end of the show. But do you have anything you want to you want to like plug or talk about? No, man, I got nothing other than my stupid ass prank calls. You can go listen to those on Instagram, Fart Simpson prank calls, and um, yeah, I'm gonna work on a short film that's kind of like um documentary-esque between you two guys. This is like my first little thing. I'd like to come and shit on Bryce. (laughs) So that's a little brief clip. You guys don't know that I've been filming. When I tell you that I sneak in and watch you guys, I'm indeed doing that. And then I got Bryce. We gave each other hand jobs. It was great. Oh, baby. (laughs) You guys are up to no good. So that's what I'm going to plug. The uh, HMT mini documentary. We're going to plug each other. Oh, my God. I don't want to. super hip. Bro. We know David. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I got nothing to plug, man. I'm just so happy to be here. And you guys are really cool. I, I love what you guys are doing. And the moment you hit me up, it was a no brainer. Uh, I listened to just a couple of your episodes and I was like, okay, I'm into this. I like what you're doing. I like the approach. I like that you guys aren't always agreeing with each other. I like that. I don't agree with some of your top films and the way you guys are getting it. I love that shit because if we're all sitting here agreeing, that's fucking boring. So I like that you to bring that. So that's kind of what made me say yes. I was like, this is a fun little um, thing they have. Cause I've had many, many podcasts ask me, okay, not many. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I would, I toot it. I would say um, <laughs> out of the ones that have asked me, I usually say no, but you dudes, it was an easy yes. And um, that's why I'm here. And I love horror movies. I grew up with this shit since a little kid. We talked about that on the phone where uh, I'm fucked up because of my family showing me things when I was seven or eight years old, watching Demon Lover, The Blob, things that I should not have been watching when I was seven or eight. It's probably why I'm sitting here enjoying all the weird shit you dudes talk about. Would you be willing to stick around for another half hour to 45 minutes for the after pod where we could actually like talk about that kind of stuff, like how you got your... Your preferences and that kind of thing? What do you think? Yeah, douche. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Important question. How many fart sounds do you have on the sound? Oh, so these are my farts from the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. So these are are old historical farts. I have to carry around a a cassette player and record my farts. (laughs) Yeah, and I got them on deck. (laughs) And this is me putting two farts that are in the key of F sharp on top of each other. So that's a fart chord, actually. I'm the first one to make a fart chord. Because these these farts are these are analyzed. I analyze these in my software and they actually uh-huh. have pitches. So this is in the key of E. And this is the key of D sharp. So I farted twice in F sharp. This one and this one. And then on top of each other you make a chord. <laughs> it's a fart chord. So yeah, I'll plug that up and coming. Um, I'm gonna make a VST synth for software. So oh just make farts. God! Fart cord. This so, is getting ridiculous. I know. It's like you tapped into, like it's like I knew that would be a good question to ask. 
I got you farts on deck. You don't just have two farts on deck. You've We're, got an arsenal. Are those all your own? An products? arsenal. Yeah, yeah those, those come out of my asshole uh, for sure, man. So hot. No one Can't appreciated my, my pun. I, got, I get it. I Say got it again. It. I love puns. Repeat it. Because you have an arsenal. Oh, nice. Arse. Going a little British. Of... Okay. Uh, is that is this how you wanted to end it with that? No, here we got uh, a couple more calls, and then we're off to the afterpod that is I'm going to have the most fun with ever. I'm dickhead. We know David. Okay. <laughs> Next caller. Uh, it's Jackal from Arkansas. Oh, I'm letting my dog out right now. Come on. Okay. We're Jackal. Um. So, um. As far as personal recommendations, I'm going to put both of y'all on the spot and uh, uh, ask for a, a monster movie recommendation. Not what's your favorite, but what what you you feel I would like. Mm. You don't have to know me; just like say a thing. Anyway, um, I, I really loved uh, Fried Berry. That was David's suggestion. Whenever I offhandedly asked him for a rec. And uh, fried berry fucks, especially if you appreciate like a sound design in horror. That one's insane. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I'm uh, I'm letting my dog out. I'm taking a piss, and uh, uh, y'all have a great night. Okay. Look, everyone listening, and and those recording. Goodbye. Jack, a longtime <laughs> caller. Uh, haven't heard from him in a long time. I'm really glad uh, he called up again. Um, he's asking for our monster movie recommendations. Do you have any off the top of your head, Bryce? Something that I think that you think Jackal would like. I have one. Well, there's Monsters Ball. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to see Halle Berry's yeah. boobs in that one. Oh, okay. man. Right. Have I enjoyed that? Um, there's Monster. Uh-huh. I see Sorry, you're going to do this. this. No, Come I, on, the host. Sure. Um, I'd say I'm going to give Jackal the recommendation that I gave Fart the other day, which is Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah. That um, was fantastic. Just I think it's a 2016 um, movie, and it is very, uh, <laughs> very unique. Uh, Fucking bro young. Godzilla movie. That's what what I'm going to say. And he, uh, he asked me a couple maybe a week ago for any movie recommendations. I told him fried berry just cause I, I feel like I know Jackal a little bit, know where he's coming from. And yeah, fried berry is a South African flick. That is whoo. Hmm. It is a weird one. And yeah, it does have some pretty cool sound design. Um, the descent. Oh yeah. The yeah, descent is good. pretty good. Those are creatures. Pretty good monster. Movie little too. cave creatures. Good, good, good. Yeah. So let's see uh next caller. Here we go. Hey guys, what's up? It's Kyle from Baltimore. I'm going to keep this, short and sweet i'm gonna keep tweeting eli roth every week until he eventually responds blocks me or comes on your guys show because that would just be fucking incredible to have him on your guys show like you had uh freddy krueger a while ago so that'll be really cool i'm just gonna keep trying keep it up guys love you See you. yeah i wonder if hi robert england here aka freddy fucking krueger <laughs> And you're listening to horror movie talk. Yeah. Just in case you forgot. Did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Robert England? Yeah. <laughs> no. That was Fed. That's Fed Smoker. Oh, that's oh. Fed. Oh. <laughs> R.I.P. You guys had Robert England on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We lucked out on that one. Cool. Um, yeah. I saw. I saw his tweet. To he like tweeted uh, Eli Roth on his birthday. 
Oh, yeah? You know. Yeah. Wishing. Oh, I got a little Eli Roth right here. Here it is. Fucking Williams knocks it yeah! out of the path. <laughs> oh, that's Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Eli Roth. It's, it's guys, a long. Not like that dude. Or oh, something? I no, love him. Okay. Yeah, no. His story of being um, the intern. Whose intern was he? Quentin I think it was Tarantino. Her- yeah, Quentin Tarantino's intern. He just used to sit there and just kind of write in his little book. And who the fuck knows what was going on? I mean, he's kind of like um, who's the dude from Troma who made Guardians of Galaxy? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? Is it James, uh, James Gunn? Yeah, John. yeah. I, Eli reminds me of like a James Gunn, yeah. where like he was just the. Just learning from the best. Yeah. Strangely, James James Gunn, I feel like is such an edge lord compared to Eli Roth, which is a what weird the thing. Fuck is an edge lord? Uh, just somebody who just tries to be edgy for edginess's sake. I think he was. Tr- they, people were trying to cancel him for going to a pedo party, put put on by like the trauma people, which is like, oh, it's a priest party or something like this, where half the people show up at dressed as little kids and the other half show up as priests. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the pedo party. Is this something that Lloyd put together? What the hell are you talking I, about? I don't Lloyd know. Com- it's a trauma party? This is, I, well, it's a bunch that sounds of very trauma-esque people, yeah. for sure. And Gunn, it's why they tried to get him kicked off. Yeah, it's one of these the things where it's like looking for a reason to cancel someone and clutching your pearls about oh, something dude, that's but- obviously taken out of context. Yeah, and a party with priests and little kids, that's totally a trauma yeah. vibe. I mean, that's hilarious. I mean, that's Lloyd's humor right. it's fucked up dark humor yeah so that makes complete sense that he would do that and plus lloyd even comes off as like the creepy old man kind of vibe publicly yeah he doesn't hide that shit he's in all of his movies um getting you know little blonde naked chicks and I mean, that's the reason why he wants it so it's not like they're probably too far off but i seriously doubt they were doing some pedophilia no they weren't at the no they were the fact they were it, making a joke it, of it it's yeah. yes it was being made a joke of and fucking the, shut and that's why you know, and and but James Gunn is a is you know an edgy kind of guy. He grew he he got cut his teeth in trauma, and so it's like, you know, what did you expect from the guy from Trump, the writer from trauma? Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean they tried to cancel him, but everybody on on Guardians of the Galaxy loved him so much that they were like, no, we're not doing this shit unless yeah. you get bring James back. It's not very punk rock. Yeah, it's true. So, um, we got two more callers, but I think we're just going to hold those uh, yeah, let's finish them up. Let's, for let's do the next time. No, do it, man. Okay. Run through them. Come on. All right. Peggy Lee, you have these guys to thank. Hey, uh, guys, this is, this is Babyface Billy. Oh, it's Babyface Billy. And I'm calling from the... <laughs> no, it doesn't sound well. I'm calling from the, the hotline, folks. And I'm calling reacting to your... Uh, your paranormal activity show, which was essentially mostly ads and uh, some of that liberal shit that Bryce Hansen was talking about. So I, I just, I sped through it and I got to the end. I basically listened to only three minutes of it since the rest of it was that. And, um, you know, watching paranormal activity, watching it again through these eyes, through the eyes of an older, older man like myself, I realized that, um, if there ever was a case to hit your girlfriend, if there ever was a case to beat your wife, oh my god, one should Ash, only why? do it if she's possessed by a demon. You fucking spunk, but then and only if there's some sort of demonic possession. Any other chance, any other time of the day is not allowed unless if you have proof of demonic possession. Remember, boys, never use a closed fist. 
daft cunt. So this is actually kind of embarrassing. Fart, you won't know this, but I have a, I, I, I imagine you won't. You, I have another podcast called Hotline, an advice podcast. I'm, actually, I guess Whoa. I told you about that. That's my co-host, Babyface Billy. Um, just saying some just really fucking yeah. super inappropriate shit. I think oh. we can all agree that it's never okay to hit a woman. Obviously, it's never, ever okay. Right. And, however, I've been taking a lot of heat from, you know, uh, friends and acquaintances alike for associating with Babyface. Just, just generally, um, quote unquote, giving him airtime. So, um... Y- y- y'all should check out uh, Hotline and Advice podcast, <laughs> where uh, Babyface will definitely offend you uh, for sure. Well, fuck yourself. Yeah, well, you know, you got to do what you do. Last Eat message. My short. Honestly, though. Honestly. <laughs> if I'm sleeping in the middle of the night, this bitch comes up and be like, I'm a demon. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm a demon. This is getting I'm ridiculous. If that bitch comes up to me like that while I'm sleeping, trying to get my eight hours, I'm going to throw down with this bitch. Mm. And if we're not throwing down, we're definitely going to do a DP with that ghost bitch. Mm. Retarded? Yeah, I mean... Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Look, I mean, he's not for everybody. But uh, but I personally, I think I think he's a he's he's a diamond in the rough, and and part of being a diamond in the rough I'm is dickhead. You got to yes. be a little rough, mm-hmm. and he's a little rough. Mm-hmm. So just bear with him. Look, we give a lot of you got to give time to people who are slower than you, you know. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm tr- I, this is my good deed. You're saying Billy, babyface Billy is that's a neurodivergent. I mean, we're all a little neurodivergent. Um, Some of us are more divergent than others. Well, yeah, I that's like a, to fuck Christian Bale, but and Dick. <laughs> we know David, <laughs> probably my favorite actor of all time. We know, and the reason I like Christian Bale so much as an actor is because I'm a dickhead. I'm a dickhead. Yep. Oh, wow. Please play that first one again. <laughs> I'd like to fuck Christian Bale, but and Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, I like this one. Listen to fucking David's laugh. <laughs> it's very musical, right? <laughs> I'm a super hipster, bro. Oh, oh, oh. All right, oh, David. Oh, my relax. God. Jesus. Okay. I bow before your superiority of crap. <laughs> this is the most Damn. surreal moment I've ever had. <clears throat> oh my god. Yeah, we know. I'm gonna this come. is really interesting. Okay, David. Alright. God. That's <sighs> fair. I feel like you've I feel like you've somehow distilled me into the true person that I am, and I I'm so feel so seen and like upset. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I feel so upset by this. I <laughs> I feel like oh, I have wait. to take a shower. This is or something. incoming news. Go ahead, David. You feel <laughs> disgusted by this? Anything else? I'm reporting. I I I can't. I I felt in control until now. Oh yeah. And now I just feel like I'm 
Like Sometimes he's, I think you've lost whatever friggin' marbles you ever had. I just feel like he's somehow <laughs> just wrenched the reins completely out of my hands, and this is no longer even my own show? That's fair. <laughs> I... Oh man! Well, now I know if David has to miss a podcast, we can we can bring in virtual David for the next time. I wonder what I would think about yeah. me, right? I I do wonder what I would think. Yeah, um, sometimes. sometimes. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> when did you do that? Uh, okay. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. <laughs> Where are you getting all this from? I mean, it's you dudes talking, man. Let's, uh... Fart Simpson, everybody. What a spectacular episode. <laughs> you guys, th- listen. Listen, everybody who's listening, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. I, this is a historic moment for me in a lot of ways. I've, I, I, I don't know what to say other than thank you for listening. Thank you, Fart, for coming on the show. It's just a dream come true. I, I know that... Probably, I don't know, if you're anything like me, it doesn't hit right, but uh, it really means a lot to me. And thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, you guys, if you want to support the show, just keep listening to it, uh, subscribe to it, tell your friends about it, and uh, drop us uh, a nice review or a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. A big special thanks to Fart Simpson. Um, I really appreciate you, man. No problem. And uh, if you guys want to get on the show, give us a call at 682-253-4468. You guys have a great week. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Through the scraggly woods. He had no Horror! Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. New theatrical releases always get priority. But we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. Uh, uh, uh. Wow, that didn't sound good.